I'm unapologetically fly. No wonder why, that's just my attitude. Yeah. Okay, hey, that's just my. Uh, 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 come on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Welcome to the Ascension of the Chessmen podcast. I am your host, Andre Mitty. Today's guest is a researcher, content creator, host of three podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, hobbits and fairies, give a warm welcome to Richard Willette. Thanks for coming on, brother. Happy to have you. Thanks, mate. Um, and to my guys as well, I'm here with Andre Mitty. It's great to, to uh, meet new people. Um, and he's the host of the Ascension of the Chessman podcast. So guys, I'll put links below and please go over and do support his podcast because he's had some fantastic guests on there. So it's great to meet people that, um, that I haven't met before. Um, because we end up sort of chatting to the same people and we oh, all yeah. kind of cross over. Um, so, yeah, but thank you for having me on and uh, thank you for looking to my work. And I know it's been a few weeks because um, to, to sort this out, my partner's been not, she's not been very well. So I've been in daddy mode for the last week. Oh, yeah. So I'm exhausted in that sense, but it's been amazing. And actually I've had quite a lot of changes lately as well, which we can discuss, especially when it comes to looking into the belief systems of this, I call it a global cult. I wonder, what do you call yeah. it? What do you see it as? Um, yeah, that, that pretty much sums it up. I think there's many different terms all for the same thing. You know, I think that's, that encompasses reality in a nutshell is like, we love to put labels on thing, but we're all talking about the same thing. And that's where things can get like complex and people argue when it's like, oh, you guys are arguing about the same freaking cause here. Like, you know, so we can get wrapped up in like, oh, it's this or that, but no, it's all the same thing. Like, yeah, globalism, elites, um, you know, the new world order cabal, like there's so many different words for the same thing. But yeah, I think when you just dial it in, like no matter what you call it, we all know what what we're referring to when, you know, we say they and people say, well, who's they? And everyone knows who they are. Like we don't even really need to explain it at this point. If you've done your due diligence and, you know, been into the research of, you know, the secret societies of the world, uh, the alphabet agencies, uh, these roundtable groups, you know, I mean, it goes deep, man. And um, I started my journey long ago. Um, it started for me really with, uh, cannabis, man. Um, I started smoking cannabis in high school and I watched a fabulous documentary called the union, the business behind getting high. And it was all about like how he had been lied to about hemp and, you know, not only cannabis and marijuana, which for those who don't know, marijuana is a term, a slang term for Mexican tobacco. It's not even in reference to cannabis, which was a term that was weaponized. And every time it's talked, cannabis is talked about in politics, you always hear the term marijuana, which originally started as a racist term, term towards Mexicans and blacks. But that kind of opened my mind to like how much we were lied to and how much hemp was used for centuries. And, you know, it was only very recent within the last 80 years or so that it was made illegal. And the fact that they made hemp illegal when they made marijuana or cannabis illegal, um, basically saying they couldn't tell the difference between the two. And now that uh, back in 2018, hemp was legalized through the hemp farm bill in uh, the U.S. under Trump's administration, um, you know, now, uh, at least for the last few years where I'm at, like they've had trouble, like when someone gets pulled over with some cannabis on them, that they, they can't differentiate if it's cannabis or CBD hemp. So that's kind of, you know, 
giving them trouble in a sense of, you know, being able to arrest people for this thing that should have never been given any arrest in the first place. Um, you know, my whole mantra is if you're not harming anybody, you're not doing any wrong, but, uh, yeah, man, to cut it short, like, um, it started with realizing how much we were lied to about cannabis and hemp and the history of that. And then I had watched um, Loose Change, the 9-11 documentary that opened my mind up to that. Another crucial documentary I had watched around that time was Ray Kurzweil's Transcendent Man, which was all about the transhumanist agenda and that whole thing. And then Zeitgeist. So it was like those four were like the, the first four for me that kind of had me start digging. And then uh, a friend of mine jokingly showed me a video about the Illuminati. And it was like a short YouTube video. And I had never heard this term before. And this was like 10 years ago. And he was like, people actually believe this shit. And I was like, what do you mean they believe this shit? And I like watched it. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, so <laughs> confused. I was like, what did I what was I just shown? And like, from that point on, man, it was like an endless rabbit hole of like, trying to figure out what the hell is going on in this realm we're living in, you know? And for those that have never like had that question come up of like, what the hell are we doing here? What is wrong with the world? Why is the world the way it is? Like, I don't know what to tell you. Cause I don't know how the hell you can't have that question, <laughs> especially in the world we're living in right now. Like it couldn't be any more obvious. So that's kind of where I've came from, man. And that's where my journey started with all this. What's great about that? Because I always heard the term, and they always hide this. Hide this. We know that they hide things in plain sight. They, we know uh, predictive programming and revelation of the method, the two things they do. But I always yeah. heard of weed being a gateway drug, and now what you've just told me there is, well, it is, but it's not what they're saying. It's a gateway drug for you to understand this sort of stuff. And they're trying mm -hmm. to keep that gate shut for you not to look into these things. So to to me, like them telling me, young, young, oh, it's a gateway drug to other drugs. It doesn't. It's a gateway into understanding open your mind up to look into these different things for you in that case that was yeah. the opening of the that gate i assume for sure man um i definitely think cannabis is a tool to you know open your mind and talk about taboo ideas um you know be use it as a creative outlet like there's many useful things you can do with that plant and i think all plants have the potential as medicine and um, powerful tools depending on how you use them you know you can you can kill yourself with a hammer bash yourself over the head with it or you could build a beautiful place to live in like it's all about how you use that tool and, you know, I've definitely had periods of my life where I was smoking too much or using it as a crutch, but I've definitely had some powerful insights and revelations through cannabis and through my use of um, experimenting with cannabis, it kind of led me to other plant medicines such as ayahuasca, psilocybin mushrooms, um, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, realizing how much you were lied to about cannabis and such a harmless thing that's never killed anyone yeah. yet alcohol and tobacco are sold on every street corner, which killed hundreds of thousands of people a year. And, um, you know, just coming to look at that and see like, okay, this isn't right. So if cannabis, you know, there's, it, there's been plenty of cases it's shown to treat cancer effectively and all these great things that it can be used for. And, you know, people get the munchies everyone jokes about the munchies but someone on chemo that doesn't have an appetite like that's a blessing you know to be able yeah. to have the munchies 
And, uh, you know, man, like there's such uh, powerful work that can be done with plant medicines, I believe, and I've experienced firsthand. And to tell you the truth, man, ayahuasca was kind of like the motivation for me, just like the inspiration it gave me leaving that ceremony to like feel empowered that, you know, I, I got to quit making excuses for myself and I, I can do this. Like it was always like, I'll wait till they're ready to do it. You know, like I wanted my friends to do it with me and it was always me holding myself back. And that's, that's something it all comes back to too, is like the great conspiracy is within you as well. It's like, we're our own worst enemy at many times in our path in life. And like, if we hold ourselves back, that, that will determine our fate. But if we can get over that hurdle and realize like, no, all the power is within us. And that's what the elites, that's what the Illuminati, whatever you want to call them, they want to keep us in that uh, scarcity mindset of like, oh no, uh, everything's limited. Nothing, you know, we like to put limitations on ourselves of what's possible. But once you get out of that mindset and realize, no, the sky's the limit, anything is possible. You just got to do the work. And that's what people forget is like, we got to do the work. Like nobody's going to do it for us. Like we got to carry our own torch and walk, you know, in the Christianity narrative, you know, like everyone wants Jesus to come save them. But no, Jesus didn't say that. He said, you got to walk the walk. You got to carry that cross on your own and you got to, you know, be that Christ, be that light in the world the light and darkness. And, you know, that's, that's the hard part is like taking responsibility and accountability for your own life. And, um, that was huge for me, a huge revelation I had through working with ayahuasca. And, um, yeah, I, I definitely see the potential there as far as, um, a very healing modality that people can use to, you know, um, you know, there's so much PTSD that people need to work through, whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, how they were raised in childhood, you know, joining the military, being shipped off to fight in a war that shouldn't be fought in the first place. And, you know, there's so many forms of that, of trauma in your life. It could be a car accident, anything. And um, I think, you know, psilocybin and ayahuasca are powerful tools to work through that stuff rather than traditional therapy. Well, where they will try to push pharmaceutical drugs on you rather than, you know, things that have been used for centuries, like plant medicines. And, you know, this was a birthright in many tribes and cultures for, you know, centuries, man. So that's kind of my journey and uh, kind of how my podcast came about. It's fascinating. It's completely different to mine as well. I mean, we all got to do, do is look at the the logo we know the rockefellers behind the modern day medical industry we even look at things yes. like, like alcoholics anonymous and look at the early days of alcoholics anonymous i have nothing against alcoholics anonymous at all i think they've Me done neither. great work for the years but there is an element of the very early days they were funded part funded by the rockefellers and they were called the friends of um, aa and they were very much wow. in there with the rockefellers so when you yeah it's rockefellers when you when you look into it you think well some of that money from that's going back to there so they create the problem and provide the yeah. solution it's even in something like aa again i have yeah. nothing against aa i think it's done great work for a lot of people um and again yeah. it's how you use it but um sure. it's even it's even there it's, it's incredible that's and my crazy, my man. i know my, i mean when i found out i was like bloody hell they get everywhere don't they bastards um but yeah. I, my mine was different see i've never really done any drug smoke weed once i had a bit of a i, I like to drink i haven't drunk for a few years yet um yeah. but okay. mine was mine was a. Uh, I was a very ill kid, so I spent a lot of time indoors 
even at school had to go in to eat my dinners. I had to monitor what food I ate because I couldn't eat properly. So I watched the kids playing a lot. So I Mm. was separated. And because I was separated and sat back, I've always had a, a, a version of the world that's been a bit set back of, this world's a bit mad. What the fuck are these people doing? It's almost right. like, so I've always had that. So it's really brought through to my adult. So I can, I watch things and I just think that's mad. And because I wasn't involved with it, I was sat back watching it. That's gone on for years. So obviously I'm a documentary filmmaker now and I, I can yeah. see how that's come about. So it's just fascinating that me and you have ended up looking into the same sort of things, but we're completely different journeys to it oh, yeah. because they, that caused some PTSD. And I know from listening to your other one, other podcasts you were in, you were in a uh i was just a religious school um yeah. church of catholic was it yeah, catholic yeah. school so yeah, that fascinates me school. that fascinates <laughs> me because now i'm starting to because i've done all the, the the conspiracy research kind of got to a point this year where i just went do you know what i've done enough i've looked into i've got to the black nobility families i'm quite happy yeah. with that's they for me the bloodlines mm. that go back to cain yeah. and then i started to look into the religious things which was really lacking in my understanding and I'm fascinated mm. now about the religious aspects of the beliefs of these people. And that's what yeah. we're seeing rolling out. It kind of comes back to a religious belief or a Gnostic belief or some sort of belief mm. system that's almost been, they've taken it to an extreme. And I have nothing against any belief system, but there's always seems to be the problem in all of this is the extreme ends of everything, like the extreme yeah. ends of the the Christian, of the burning in hell God. You yeah. know, that this is... He, that sounds a bit like, to be honest, like the the, the Nephilim to me, but that's yeah. the extreme end. And then you've got the extreme right. end of maybe Gnosticism that talks about, and also I understand this isn't completely because it's been some of the Christian churches kind of twisted what the actual properly Gnostics possibly believe. But then you've got the extreme ends of that is that we live in a, um, a uh, fake reality and we need to escape this place. Neither of right. them seem very fucking healthy to me. <laughs> right. What is your take on, on that? Where do you, cause I kind of fall in the middle. Like I don't believe this is a yeah. fake reality and I don't believe that we're going to burn in hell. If we um, find our neighbor a bit attractive, I just find right. it a bit odd, but like totally in the middle not. there somewhere is my take on it is that we live in the garden of Eden and, yeah. and this is a beautiful, beautiful place. And if we, it, the devil's in the details. And if we get too bogged down in the details, we end up fucking up the garden and trying to move the pots around instead yeah. of enjoying the garden. That's my kind of really, that's I where that, I am man. at the moment. Whereabouts kind yeah. of you are you with that sort of thing? Yeah, man. Um, for me, man, it's, I, I feel like we get, because we live under this umbrella of duality, you know, and that's kind of what my podcast is all about is like transcending that. And, you know, it's, it sounds like woo woo or like, dream dream realm type stuff like that's never possible like world peace or something like that like unity out of duality but like you know you look at everything man you got left right up down uh democrat republican like everything is two-sided right but there's never like a middle point or like you know you have black and white but where's the gray area like no one wants to see that gray area and i i feel like life the biggest lesson in life man is balance at least in my life like Cause like, whether it's working out, whatever I'm doing, like trying to build a healthy lifestyle, I like dive in head first, man. Like to like, I'll like do this one thing, like to an extreme degree, like I'll read like crazy for a while and then I'll go weeks without reading at all. Like I just jump to extremes 
But if I can find that, that balancing act where I'm like in perfect rhythm and harmony with all these things I want to accomplish, I want to do in my daily life, setting a good routine where I have a perfect balance of all these things. I feel like that is, that's what we're all trying to figure out, man, is how to find that perfect balance. And, you know, I feel like the work is never done. Like that's the illusion is that you'll like climb to the amount, the top of the mountain. And you're like, yes, mission accomplished game over. I'm enlightened. I'm it, the rapture's coming. Like I'm going to get sucked up now, but it's like, to me, man, like I love the phrase. It's like before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water after enlightenment, chop wood and carry water. Like the work is never done, man. And that's, that, that's, that was a huge lesson for me working with plant medicine is like, you know, a lot of people go to it and that's the common misconception too. Like people are just going to get high. And that was kind of my first perception going to do ayahuasca because um, I had realized for many years, man, I was using these things for the wrong reasons. Like I was, I was seeking like a high or like escapism mentality, but with ayahuasca, man, that is serious work you've taken part in. Like, it's not a joke. Like people are like on the brink of suicide, like going to do ayahuasca is their last hope to like hold on for dear life. Like, like this is my last ray of hope. My, my, uh, you know, my way out, hopefully. And many people have, um, you know, had that experience that kind of transcended them from this depressed state of being and, you know, feeling suicidal, like they can't go on anymore. Like I've heard some very traumatic stories, man, like people that flew to go do ayahuasca, like had bought a gun, were about to blow their brains out in the hotel room, like before they went and like some magical synchronicity where someone showed up and they're like, Oh, are you here to go do ayahuasca? And they're like, yeah, I'm actually going to do that when they, in their mind already had planned to go kill themselves, like within a couple hours and, you know, just stuff like that, man, where, um, people have been, um, they've had this experience with the medicine that's kind of made them see the bigger picture that like, there is way more to this than we can see in the 3d and, um, you know, in our everyday lives, where we can get run down and you can kind of have this encompassing view of like, no, uh, there's this beautiful realm beyond this thing. And like, this is all a game. And uh, yeah, like um, what I was trying to say is like, people will come to ayahuasca and think it's a quick fix and they can just go do a retreat one weekend and then their life is solved. But if, if you don't integrate the medicine, if you don't, do the work when you get home, you know, if you're not doing some daily practices to help, help you stay grounded and you, you turn tune back into the, the matrix every, every minute, like it's, you're going to go right back to where you started. Like, it's not like the medicine's just going to magically change that if you're not putting in the work as well. And that's, that's, that's where the, the true medicine is, is you like, you are the medicine, like ayahuasca is a tool to help you, but you got to do the work as well. It's like, um, you know, it's kind of a balancing act. That's what it all comes back to is like, you can't just expect whether it's a substance, uh, someone externally, like a priest forgiven your sins. Like I grew up in Catholic school. Like, you know, we would, we would expect a priest to grant us salvation. Like if we, you know, jacked off or, uh, smoked some weed, got drunk the night before, whatever it may be, whatever quote unquote sin they call it 
we would we were expected to tell a priest that who may or may may not have been a pedophile like he would grant you forgiveness and he would absolve your sins by giving you a few prayers to recite after confession and that never registered with me man like i could never get past that uh i got to have a middleman to like have that direct connection with something beyond myself and you know i feel like people that are raised in religion they want to throw the baby out with the bathwater of like i will never believe in a god again or you know anything pertaining to religion but i feel like people like even atheists i feel like they believe in something bigger than themselves without them even realizing it like whether you call that source um the universe um god you know your higher self like there's so many different names for the same thing like i was saying earlier but we get wrapped up in these titles of like we we love to put things in a box man and like examine it like that's like the scientism we're dealing with right now. Like we love to like make believe and tell people we got it all figured out, guys. You have nothing to worry about. We got, we got everything figured out. There's nothing for you to question. There's nothing for you to think about here. Like everything's already solved. Like no, no problems here. Like, and that's what you figure out, man, as you grow up, like we always think like our parents, like knew what was going on. Like our parents had it all figured out. We're just the kids that are looking up to them for answers. And then you get to grow up and you're like, none of them had it, had it figured out. Like we're still figuring it out as we grow up. And like, that's the trick too, is like, as you're a kid, man, you, you think that, but then you realize that's not true at all. Yeah. I think the whole kind of um, knowledge of good and evil to me was like, the reason why you weren't supposed to go and eat from the apples because we weren't either probably mature enough as a species to handle these questions yeah, and accept that we'll never know any answers without mm. killing each other at the same time. Right. <laughs> and, you know, in the process, as again, completely screwing up, messing up the garden that we were yeah. in instead of enjoying the garden. And I feel like that was the analogy to me. Mm. That makes sense yeah. here is that not that it was a bad thing to do. It's just you guys, you're playing with fire here. Because you yeah. guys will argue, you will write books, you'll say you're right, you'll say you're right. And actually, at the end of the day, as you just said, no one on this planet has a clue what we're doing here. We don't. Right. We don't. And I, I believe in a God. If I walk out in out the door and I look around and I go, could I create this? No. Right. I don't have <laughs> exactly. a clue what happened. I don't have a clue exactly. what's going on. I don't know why I'm here. Maybe I get to choose. I'm just going to enjoy it. And, and I think that's what happens when you look into conspiracy world. You're looking for answers, and it's just that's the conspiracy world. You've got religion, you've got um, you've got spirituality, and they're all different versions of trying to answer the same questions. But we'll never yeah. have the answers. And I think we have to come to like I've come to this just for me. I've come to this satisfaction is I'm never going to have the answers. I'm never going to know anything. I'm right. going to believe things. I'm going yeah. to like things, but I'm never going to know anything. Not, not hundred percent right. ever. And I'm all right with that now. And as soon as you're all right with that, you go, oh, I ain't got, all right. That looks yeah. interesting. And like a child does child goes, like oh, that looks breath. interesting. Mess around with that. I'm bored. Of that. What's all that about? They don't go, well, I'll put that around the wrong way. <laughs> this is just, this is what, where we forget. And I, I, I with a child's heart, and that's mm. why I believe, like, we look into these things, like you're doing your podcast, and we, me yeah. and you are asking the same questions, these big questions, right. 
But I know that me and you, when we're 89 and we're laying our deathbeds, we'll be just as fucking clueless as we are now. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. Because totally, man. I can go to you, go, you're right. And you could go to me, you're right. That was weird, yeah. wasn't it? And yeah. then we go. <laughs> and that should be yeah. nice. And I just think that maybe if we could get to that stage as, as people, we go, I don't have a clue. Let's have a look right. at your ideas. I don't have a clue. It's your ideas. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Let's go and have a bit. Let's go and have a yeah. fancy a cuddle. It's like, it just, it, it's mad. And I've come to that. I think you go through that conspiracy world and you can become a very dark person. Oh, yeah. And I think you mentioned it in the podcast with Sam Tripoli of the um, Tinfoil Hat. I think you mentioned that you can go very dark. And I always liken it to the Gollum thing. Mm. It just corrupts you and you go, this is real and this is true. And the Rothschilds did this and the Illuminati yeah. is these families and those bloodlines. You see nothing and you go, but darkness. You, you end up really, really stuck you in it. You get blinded. Did, you, did yeah. you find that when you went through the conspiracy world, because I'm finding this now, I got to mm. the point where I go, I've actually turned into quite a miserable bastard. Yeah, or I'm totally quite miserable. Man. And now I'm looking into religions and at, at more, but I'm looking into more... I'm going at it with a more of a child's like, as I know that I'll never have any answers. But did yeah. you find that you looked into faith again afterwards on the back end of going into the dark world that can be a conspiracy world? hundred percent brother. Um, you know, for me, man, um, there's a lot of fear when it all started. And uh, I had watched this documentary. You can probably still find it on YouTube. It, it's a really good breakdown of, you know, the history of the cabal and, you know, how they played a role in every event and the Rothschilds funding both sides of every war and all that stuff, man. And um, it was called like New World Order, uh, Biblical Prophecy and something else. Um, That's heavy. I'll, I'll, I'll try to send <laughs> yeah. you a link yeah. to it. But yeah, that'd be great. I, I watched it like back in 2011, I think. And this was, you know, when all the talk of the world ending and the end of the Mayan calendar was going on. And, you know, I was still figuring out, like, what am I? Who am I? What do I believe as far as religion? Because I had just left the Catholic Church. And once you leave the church, man, it's like, you know, you either turn into an atheist or you're still trying to figure it out. And you're like, where do I go from here? And I was kind of at a crossroads of like, okay, well, I know there's something bigger than me out there. I know there's a creator. I like to call it God, whatever. So I can't just like, I got to have something, you know, I got to have some sort of faith left. And, um, after being so torn by all the pedophilia within Catholicism and mm. just all the wickedness, that's kind of like brushed under the rug and, you know, the Vatican archives, all that, all that crap about the, the Catholic church, man, like that's a bombshell. Like, once you're like wrapped up in it and then you leave it and see it for what it is, it's like, holy shit. Like I was deceived for a really long time. And, uh, so, um, I had come to realize like, um, so like I was like seeking a new church. Right. So like, um, I, I had found that like all, all churches are like, uh, tax deductible or whatever. And, um, the 501 C3 stuff. And I had found like, the, the best church you can find is a house church. So it's like someone that has a church out of their house that isn't like a corporation through the state registered, all that. So I was like searching house churches in my area. There was no house churches. And, uh, but there was this place called the Potter's house church. And I, I, uh, 
like looked at their website and um, read the pastor's story. And, you know, he, he, he had a very similar background to me and he was very relatable. So it, it happened to be a Pentecostal church, which I, I had never been to Pentecostal church and coming from a Catholic church, man, it was very dull and boring. And Oh my God, if you've ever been to Catholic church, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's very boring. <laughs> like it'll put you to sleep, man. Yeah. And, uh, um, it's very monotone as well. That's, that's another great way to describe it. But then you go to a, like a Pentecostal or a Baptist church and they're up dancing, like singing hallelujah, you know, just screaming at the top of their lungs and, you know, speaking in tongues. That was the first time I'd seen people speaking in tongues. And, um, you know, I, 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 uh, started to volunteer at this church and, I had been going to this church for two years, you know, this whole time watching biblical prophecy videos, thinking, you know, we're living in the end times, which, you know, I, I still don't know if that's true or not. I, I have since kind of turned my perspective around on that and see more of the esoteric side of things versus the exoteric, like taking it literally like, you know, doomsday's coming. We're all going to be sucked up in the rapture. Like, I've kind of changed on that, but that's where I was at when it all started was like this literal interpretation of everything. And then, um, my pastor had told me the story of how he became a pastor and like what led him to like go to Bible school. And, uh, it was ironic, man, because he had said he had done this as he had taken acid this time and he was living in a trap house. Um, and you know, living a pretty miserable life, like just doing drugs all the time. And, you know, just living that fast life, you know, and he wanted to get out of it. And he had this acid experience where this like chessboard had flipped off the table. And the only piece still standing on the board on the floor was a white King. And he saw that as like a divine intervention or like a calling or a sign that, okay, like you need to change your life. You need to, you know, maybe pursue something higher, serving the people, giving the good word of God. And to him, that was going to Bible school and becoming a pastor. And that always stuck with me, man. And like, it made me realize like, okay, maybe there's something there because I had tried acid once before this and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. You know, I, I had heard uh, there's a major league baseball player named doc Ellis that threw a no hitter on LSD. And that always fascinated me. And the fact the Beatles wrote a song about it. And I was like, there's definitely something here that I'd want to explore. And I tried it and, you know, it was more like, we were using it for the wrong reasons. We were just using it to party and stuff like that. We didn't know what we were doing. So I was kind of using it unconsciously that one time. And then I had done mushrooms one other time. And that was a miserable experience as well, because, you know, we weren't, we weren't setting the setting, right. We weren't setting intentions, like paying respect to it as a medicine. We were just using it as like a party drug. And so after my pastor had told me that, I had another opportunity present itself after about going to church for a year in this church. And my friends came across some acid and we had decided we were going to take some acid. And I was really hesitant because, you know, based on my past experiences, had a lot of fear. And I got to tell you, man, that was, that was my wake. That was my spiritual awakening where it all started was that acid trip. And, um, 
I'll never forget all the insights I had from it. And, um, just realizing like, no, God is with me at all times, man. Like there is no separation. Like I'm not claiming to be God, to be a God, but God is within me. It's within you It's within every soul out there, man. Like we are all one. And like, that's the, that's the crossroads you come to within the conspiratorial realm too, because they're like, you know, new world order, one world religion, one world government, like everything is all one. Right. Yeah. But you, you realize in that state of mind, um, working with psychedelics that we are all one. And that's the trap is like, there can be a good new world order and there can be a, a dystopian, horrible new world order. And that's what they're pushing for. But people like you and I, we want this good new world order. Like we want to live in a world where we can live and let live and people can um, coexist with one another and not, you know, judge each other based on their religion or political party, whatever it may be, all the things that separate us. And that's kind of like, the journey I had, man, to realize that I don't really need this external church anymore. Like even in the Bible, it says your body is a temple. Like there is no four walls you can construct and go to worship for one day on a Sunday where they're worshiping the sun, (laughs) like literally S U N not S O N. (laughs) And, uh, you know, just realizing that you can tap into that at any given moment, man. And, you know, um, I read some great books as well along that path of, you know, the Eckhart Tolle stuff, uh, the new earth and, um, the, um, power of now and just realizing, you know, the power of being present versus getting lost in what's to come in the future, like the new world order plans and, um, you know, dwelling on the past the mistakes you made or regrets you've had, like things you wish you could change but you come to a point, man, where you realize like, if you change anything in your past, like you wouldn't be where you are right now. And like, you know, I wouldn't change a thing, like looking back on it, like there's many things I wish I could change, but I know I can't. And there's no reason to, because I wouldn't be here right now. And then you look into the future and you get anxiety from all these things that could take place, but they haven't happened yet. So while you're getting that anxiety of the future, you're forgetting to live right now and like enjoy this present moment. And then when you look in the past, man, you get depressed or like, man, if I only only could have done this or if I only could have done that. And that leads to deep depression if you're constantly looking back on the past of wishing you could change things. So it's like you have past depression or future anxiety or heaven in the present moment, like that you can tap into at any given moment, man. And that's just coming to that realization, like just made me realize I don't need church anymore. And that's kind of what led me away and kind of led me to walk my own spiritual path, seeking answers through my own intuition, my own research, um, you know, examining the Bible myself, not having to go to a Bible study at a church and examine it through a pastor's perspective. Like I wanted my own perspective and to come to my own understandings. And that's kind of the path that it led me down, man. And it's the having the freedom to change, isn't it? Change your mind. You're supposed to yeah. change your mind. You're supposed to question things. And, and the person who's, I don't know who said this, but the person who's the same person 30 years at 40 years old as they were at 20 years, wasted 20 years of their life. You're not supposed mm. to be the same person. You're not supposed to have the same thoughts and feelings. You're not supposed to be consistent in that sense. It, it's bizarre. It's like 
stunted growth. It, it's really, really odd. I, I liken life to being like, like a plane ride. You woke mm. up on the plane and you have no idea how you got on the plane and you have no idea when it's going to land. I love that. And you're like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> and you have no idea if, it, if it's going to land, when it's going to run yeah. out of petrol, and you have no idea why, where you're going. But you yeah. know you're on the plane and you look around and you think, I'll try and make friends with him because right. we're on the plane. And it's mm-hmm. it's really bizarre. It's like you don't have no bookends to life. You have yeah. no idea where you go and you have no idea where you come from. Yeah. And and for me, it's like this religious thing that God is going to judge you for this. And you're like, I've got no parameters to know what I'm supposed to be doing. So it's right. like like a child. It's like pushing a child out of the garden and then telling him off and whacking his <laughs> knee. You're like, but you... <laughs> that's just like bad because he doesn't know what he's doing. He's got no parameters. He's trying to figure it out. And so I can't understand this thing about sin. It's like, like the, and they're so absurd as well. When you read them, there's no, like, I understand murder. I understand like stealing, but then they go all the other way. And then it's like, it's, and they were written by a man. They were written by men. They were written by, by human beings who would have had their own interpretation and then they've been changed over years. And I find it yeah. fascinating. I do find it fascinating, but I also find what I find fascinating is that someone who can believe that maybe um, someone like, like Jesus rose from the dead after three mm-hmm. days can believe that. And that's because it's written in, in the Canon and it, that's, right. that's logical, but they can't believe, but they'll, they'll, they'll say someone who believes that the world's an illusion in the matrix, that they're mad. And I'm like, well, but you're believing in that fantastical event and they're believing in that fantastical event. Why yeah. can't you just go, I believe this fantastical thing. I believe that fantastical thing and then get on because yeah. they're both equally absurd, really, yeah. unless you were there to see them. So totally. I, I don't understand why someone who believes that, that, that Jesus rose after three days from the dead cannot understand that this person who believes that we live in a, in a computer generated world that neat. I, I believe neither of them, by the way. Um, right. Well, the, it's like the, the big, but I don't too, not man. believe them either. I believe they're possibilities, right. but do you know what I mean? I'm not holding on to them. Totally. Man. It's like trying and to hold water, isn't it? Like Bruce Lee said, don't yeah, that, that's be the like trap. water. Yeah. That's the trap is to like, not get attached and to like, man, that was the biggest lesson, man is like for anyone that's ever done plant medicine, you know, if you don't surrender, if you don't, if you don't let go, you're going to have a horrible time. Like right. <laughs> if, if you're trying to control your experience, you're going to have a horrible time. And like, that's like life too. Like if you're so worried about like, it ha- my day has to go this way. Yeah. Like I have to get done with this at this precise time. Like I'm on all these deadlines and that's what they are. They're deadlines. Like they're not alive like and that's like the, the book you said like Eckhart Tolle is the power of now that book always makes me laugh I've got it down there a power yeah. of now makes me laugh because the power of now the all you need to know about that book is the title yeah, and it tells exactly. you in the title then you go for three four days reading the book and you're yeah. like but I knew all that from the title and they were telling you in the title <laughs> that all you need to know is what you're reading now in the title yeah and it was like all i need to know is the title that's it yeah staying in the now i found that funny when i read the whole thing i was like literally just needed to read the title of that book brilliant that's how simple it is yeah yeah and they are everything is that simple 
and we don't know what we're doing it. And I love the fact that yeah. we don't know what we're doing it. And anyone who tells you that they know anything for sure is full of shit because yeah. they don't. They're a fool. Yeah. yeah. And they're trying to fool but, you or themselves usually. And they're trying. Yeah. They're scared. We're all scared because we don't know where we come from and we don't know where we're going. It's like we're supposed to be scared. That's what faith's about. You have totally. faith because you don't know the answer. Yeah. And, and then that's where the courage comes from. Everybody who looks to me, who looks into religion, looks into conspiracies, everybody who's trying to figure this out and trying to be a decent person is full of courage to me. 100%. They, because this is hard because we don't have the parameters. If we knew how we got here, we knew where we're going. This one, it wouldn't be an adventure, but right. we wouldn't have that fear. Because at least we know it's the unknown, but without it not being known, you cannot have this adventure without not knowing. It's yeah, really that's... weird. You have to have these. That's where the duality comes in again. You have to kind of, it's like free falling. We'd free yeah. fall through life. And we don't have a clue who kicked us off right. the cliff and where we're going to land. Right. But we do, but we, I think we have an inbuilt, in I don't know about, I'd like to get your take on this, an, an inbuilt knowing that we will be all right, mm. that we are taken care of, and that yeah. this is meant to be an adventure like merrily, merrily, life is but a dream. And I feel like that we all know that this is actually supposed to be enjoyable. And yeah. by trying to grab onto it, we've kind of, not me and you, but, Collectively, we've probably done our bit here and there. Maybe that's what the nature of sin is trying to actually aren't trying to pin down these questions that we're not, they're not for us to be answered. They're not mm. supposed to be answered. Maybe that's yeah. what sin is single sin, yeah. just sitting there on your own, going, I'm trying to figure all these things out without enjoying it. And we miss life. We miss this great opportunity to go, like I've just had a, li oh. a little boy, he's 14 months old. And at that age, all you do is get up, you play. And then you mm. go back to bed. That's yeah. just like a miniature life in a yeah. day, isn't it? That's what children do. He's not yeah. gonna wake up and tomorrow and went, oh, I wish I'd put them, I wish I'd put my shoes on backwards yesterday, and I wish I'd not swallowed that that carrot or spat it out and smashed it into dad's head, which he did the other day. He's not gonna think that tomorrow. He's gonna go, no. What? Oh, oh, there's a cat over there. I'm gonna go pull its tail. <laughs> right. It's it's like They're they so have a miniature present. Yeah, yeah, miniature life in a day. Yeah. to get up and they're not answering these asking these questions so when when do you think it comes about when do we just get programmed into us to kind of start asking these questions that really we're never going to be able to answer we're chasing chasing a ghost really i think i think we're we're born and want we're born and wanting answers man and i i love that that quote which i meant to say many times earlier in this conversation is the wise man knows himself to be a fool and the fool thinks himself to be a wise man. Mm. And, you know, it's like we, we, man, from a very young age, like I was always told, like you ask too many questions. And like, that's when I knew, like, you know, that's kind of what set me on this path, man, was from a very young age. Like I was always asking questions and like when I didn't get answers that made sense to me, it made me realize like, well, I need to question those things deeper than if I never got an answer that would satisfy me. But at the same time, like you said, man, like we're never going to have all the answers. And I think there's a beauty in that knowing that imagine if we did have all the answers, right? Like imagine if we had everything figured out, we tapped into like 
God's view, which I definitely have on ayahuasca. I've typed in or I've tapped into what it's like to feel like God for a bit and what it's like to feel like a, a demon or the devil for a while and like be the world crusher. Like I've saw both perspectives and I've compared and contrasted them. And I don't want that power. I don't want to hold that, man. Like that's beyond my control. And I, you realize, man, like if we knew everything, like if we had all the answers, life would be pretty fucking boring. Like mm. what would be the point? You know what I mean? Like there would be no point of living this life because you already know what's going to happen. You got it all figured out. There'd be nothing to learn. Like you'd, you'd already know everything and life would, would be meaningless. Like there's this scientism, like um, nihilistic view of like, everything's meaningless. Everything's random. We all came from a magical miracle, big bang and uh, a world of science where miracles don't exist except for the one miracle we allow to exist, which was the big bang. Like nothing or Why everything. Who do they think that, where do they think that's a real, that just sounds depressing, but it's like, where does that, where do they think that miracle come from? Where do they think that was designed? Like, where That's do they the think that, that that programming come from? Who put that that programming in the computer to press the enter button? So right. where do they think that came from? Where do the That's elements the, come from? Where do the bits come from? Where, That's the one, one miracle make they sense. allow, man. Yeah, exactly. Because they can't explain like, it. But yeah. that's like saying, okay, so the fundamental understanding of what they're talking about is flawed because they don't know the, the original answer. Yep. And they claim to, and that's the problem. Is but they don't. They're they're, they're telling you in their say in their conclusion that they don't know the answer to what they're they're right. But that's okay. We don't right. know what you're doing here. Everything's totally a okay. random accident. Yeah. But who put the bits in for it to be random? It's like a mm. toy box. You might smash around in there for a thousand years and accidentally make an aeroplane. But who put the bits in the box? You chose the bits in the box for you to smash around in to accidentally yeah. make that Lego aeroplane. It took you a thousand years to make it. It's still someone put the fucking thing in the box and made the game up. It's yeah. like there is something here that we are not doing. That's the only probably truth that we'll ever know is that yeah. there's something bigger here that we don't know. We don't know. We don't know what's going on. Totally, man. Like, you know, how many times in these uh, conversations on the great reset and all the new world order plans, like what does it come down to? What are they after? They're after more control, right? Mm. They, they, they want more power and control. And when you work with these plant medicines, like you have these transcendental experiences. And by the way, man, you can have these sober too, like through meditate many years of meditation or breath work. Like there's many other ways to that, even insights and dreams or astral dreaming, like astral travel, all that stuff. Like there's many ways to get there. And, you know, you realize that like, that's what we're after is control. Like our ego, our, that's the devil part of ourselves is that ego, but our spirit, our soul, that's the good part. Like, you know, we always see those analogies of like the angel and the devil on each shoulder. Yeah, It's like, you know, the native American tradition is, you know, you have two, two wolves inside of you, which one are you going to feed the good or the bad wolf? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, we always want to have this sense of security and like, um, like comfort of like knowing we got it figured out or like we, we can understand it 
if we just label it this certain way or like categorize it this way. So like we, we take comfort in knowing like, this is the way things are and there's no other way. This is the way they are, but there's infinite amounts of ways, the way things are (laughs) like, that's just an illusion (laughs) that we think we have it figured out. And we love to like be in control. Like that's what humans, it's like that uh, reptilian part of ourselves, like that, that survival, you know, that scarcity mindset where we just want to control. We want to control our food supply. So we have enough food to survive. We don't care about the other people trying to survive and, you know, the food they're, they're trying to get to survive. We just care about us having control over our food supply for ourselves. And it's a very selfish, like narcissistic way of looking at things, but that's our lower nature. And I feel like we have the potential to live in a higher nature than that. Like where we're not just like very base, like animals almost where we're, we're just like dog eat dog. And like, you know, everybody's looking out for themselves. Like, yeah, there's a fine line you can walk of like, you know, treating yourself with respect and like having healthy boundaries with people that are toxic to you and stuff like that. But like, you still got to meet people where they're at, whether they're, you know, sound asleep or not, you still got to see them as a human being. And that, I think that's the hard part is people like people like Hitler, you know, like we can't see that as a human, like we see him as like a monster, like this awful, terrible, like the Rothschilds, any of these elites were like, these people aren't human, they're reptilians. I feel like that is kind of an escape goat to like realizing that we're all fucking humans and they're just, they just have uh, ego that is out of control and like trying to control um, their desires, their selfish desires, and other people are victim to that. And like, we can take responsibility for our own lives and choose not to live under that victim mentality where like these people are controlling over us. And like, we can take control of our own lives, grow our own food, you know, exercise, like, you know, put all these practical good things we can do for ourselves into practice in our daily lives and like better ourselves every day. Like we have that option. We can't pretend like we don't have that option. And like, it's not like the Rothschilds are like, you know, telling you, you can't go to the gym today. Yeah. Yes. In this COVID 1984 shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely going on, but I mean, you can still like do some workouts in your house, like whatever, like you always have those tools at your disposal that you can choose to live your day however you please. And if you want to live that day as a victim to, I can't do this because, you know, it's this and this and this, like we make so many excuses, man, on the daily that, you know, that's totally within our control of what we can accomplish. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's where how powerful we are as well. it's like anything that these people want to control and they do want to control us, but they've been, as you say, they've been brought up that way. They've been raised that way. Yeah, They're entitled. It's a bloodline thing. They believe they've been indoctrinated, brainwashed from from birth to believe that that's the way the world is. And and almost they'll probably believe that they're doing the right thing because we're not capable. And if they didn't do it, the big clusterfuck, which probably would be, to be honest, sometimes. Um, But like Hitler, as you say, he was a baby once. He was getting his nappy changed. His mum was putting him into... He was... Do you know what I mean? There was a point where he became ill, became extremely ill. But this is an extreme illness. And if you want to call it, um, 
you want to call it them being taken over by an archon energy. Right. You want to right. call it what you want, mind blindness, Watiko, whatever you want to call it. They become yeah. different elements of themselves, usually through trauma. As you say, yeah. it is usually through trauma. We know about MK Ultra, Project yeah. Monarch, mind control. You know that some abused victims go on to abuse other. We understand that trauma goes on and trauma has its own energy. But again, as you mm. say, they are fat, they are people. And um and I do wonder like someone like with the Bill Gates, it clearly is a psychopath now. When did he mm. turn from someone who was ill or a child who was brought up with a dad who was head of Planned Parenthood? So he's brought up yeah. in a eugenics cult. Totally. Absolutely. We know that. We know that Microsoft was seed funded by IBM who created the not the, the tech for the Nazi war camps. We knew he was brought up around these people. So he was a victim at some point and now becomes comes a victimizer. Mm. Is there an element of someone like that where you can get to the child in them and go, look, we know that you've been abused in this system. The yeah. system has been created and built. This temple of abuse has been built for thousands of years. We need to get to the human being within these people somehow. I, I just don't understand because it's just going to go on and on and on, on, on and on. And it's, it's a real shame because they're a human, they are human beings. And I, yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I work with David. I know David quite well, um, fairly yeah. well. Um, I'm not one who buys into the whole reptilian thing. I believe it's part of your brain, but I understand how you come to that concept when you look into all these old esoteric things. And again, I don't know. Right, right. Could, be a thing. could well be a thing. Could be a yeah, thing. I'm when not you're, saying it's not possible. Yeah, it's but, not. Yeah. Um, it could be possible, but I've never, ever seen anything. But I also never saw Jesus being raised from the grave in right. three days. I wasn't there either. So right. I don't know. And I'm not yeah. ruling them out. But I just think that, that we've got to a point where we forgot the humanity in each other in a sense of you get involved yeah. in these things. And I come back to that garden Eden analogy, the devil's in the details and you're looking down, you're trying to answer all these unanswerable questions. And that's why religions are built. That's why faiths are built. That's why mm. to answer questions that we're never going to answer. Yeah. And I think it's almost like what you said earlier, just put it down and go, we don't know how are we yeah. going to make this little journey while we're here as pleasant as possible while we're here because we're yeah. never going to answer these questions. And you come into transhumanism. You're trying to, we've been brainwashed to feel, to, 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 and these people that are doing the brainwashing, again, have gone through hundreds of thousands of years of, or thousands of years of brainwashing themselves to, yeah. to believe that they're not good enough. So they have to be better. Yeah. Transhumanism, humans need to be better now. We're not good enough. As a species, we need to be better. Everything's our fault. So everything is like about being better. Well, hang on a minute. What is wrong with me? I don't think there's mm. anything wrong with me. I try my best and you try your best. And what yeah. is, why are we being beat over the head with self-improvement, self-development, self, you know what I mean? It, it's like, yeah. well, actually, come on, stop a second. What is wrong? What are you saying is wrong with me? If mm. I can get rid of the trauma, and usually the trauma is someone telling you there's something wrong with you, then am I all right? I'm a human being trying my best, if, unless you're not, and then you can rectify right. that. But we're brainwashed to think there's something wrong with us, that we need to be better. Totally. Yeah. And transhumanism we is an extreme version of that, but it is a right. version of humans as us are not good enough. We need to right. transcend. We need to transcend the matrix. We need to ascend and get out of, well, hang on a minute, are we all right? Yeah. We're all right. If we, totally, man. We're actually all right. And I don't understand. Yeah. It's almost like we're trying to fix a problem that's in here and we don't actually have a problem. Right. We're making all this 
problems for ourselves because we've been convinced that there's something wrong with us. And I remember when I was little, my dad said to me once, I don't know how old I was, eight or nine, he went, you love yourself, don't you? He was being quite mm-hmm. derogatory at the time. And I remember being, I don't know what now, I was probably about 12. Um, actually, the funny thing is I used to look in the mirror a lot when I was because I had really bad anxiety about I had like, eczema. And mm-hmm. I, I went to him and I went, I've, in my head I went, well, I do. And then I stopped and I always stuck with me. I was like, well, what, what's wrong with that? doesn't mean I don't right. love anyone else as much or I don't like other people. But clearly my dad didn't. Yeah. He's was taken it out on me. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, yep. well, but I'm all right. I'm all right. So yep. how did I come to that conclusion? Like I was all right. And I look at other people and I'm like, I don't want you to change. I want you just, someone's not been nice to me. I want you to stop being nice to me. I didn't right. need you to change. What's it got to do with me? If you're being horrible, oh, just stay away from me. But we're trying to change people. We're trying to change what it means to be human. We're trying to change what it's to be a man, a woman, totally. a child, everything we're trying to change. And it's that's where I come back to. Is it, it's God's, something wrong again, they're coming back to God's, whatever you want to call it, creation was, was flawed. Mm. But it's not. We're all right. Mm. If you look yeah. at the, the tribes that live in, that were there before us and the way they lived is a very simple life. They didn't wake up in the morning and go, I think there's something wrong with me. Right. All like, they didn't, <laughs> if only I had this, I'd be if happy. If only I had this, or only <laughs> if I changed this about myself or yeah. whatever. And there's, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with self-improvement, but that's the personal thing. Yeah. But we are convinced that there's something wrong with us. But that's why yeah. we do drugs originally. That's why we drink. I had a bit of a drink issue at one point because totally. there's something wrong with you and you're hurt because people are telling you there's something wrong with you. And yeah. you're like, but I don't understand what I've done wrong. This, the child this... won't understand what they've done wrong. So we're all children on this planet going, yes. Dad's pissed off. We don't yeah. know what he's about. He's left us here. It's like being left in Butlins. Dad's pissed off. And he's also told us we're naughty and we, we yeah. need to figure out what we've done wrong before we can go home and he'll come pick us up. That's basically what I've just told. <laughs> That's basically religion, I've just said. Yeah, man. And like, we don't even know why we're here. We don't even know what we've done wrong. Mm. Yeah, man. It's like so many of these, these, these behaviors start in childhood. Like, you know, how much drug addiction, you know, all these addictions, whether it's consuming too much, shopping too much, drinking too much coffee, like anything can be an addiction. You can even be addicted to exercise. Like, but is it too much unless it's too much for you? Right. Yeah. Everyone has their own perspective. Yeah, totally. I agree with that. My, my thing is like, I I just think all this comes from like this void we have inside of us that started in childhood from a traumatic experience. And until we unlock that trauma and like hug that little boy or little girl that like, you know, from that point on, they just had this insecurity that was always left there inside after that that experience they had, no matter what it was, whether it was, you know, your dad shaming you for not doing your chores or whatever it may be, man, like it can come in a variety of different ways, whether you got molested as a kid, Mm -hmm. like that can have traumatic effects on you as you grow older. If you never deal with that, whether it's talking to someone you trust about it and, you know, just working through it, because if you continue to push that stuff down, that's just going to externalize itself in your life, like through how you live. Um, and you know, that could create 
uh, unnecessary fears or addictions, unhealthy relationships. You could repeat that same trauma when you have kids and you have a wife and, you know, you're trying to like not repeat the same mistakes your parents made, you know, and that's where you can is if you never fix that stuff. And that's, that's where it's troubling, man. And, you know, like you said earlier about, um, Bill Gates, um, and you know how he was raised in that. And, um, I feel like, you know, every human has its price too, under the way we're, we're fed in our culture of like, you know, money creates happiness and all this mentality, like greed is good. in the, the wall street movie, like, you know, in the Bible, it says the love of the love of money is the root of all evil. You know, what is the love of money? That's that greed, you know? And once you have that to the point where you're on a whole nother level living your life than someone that's starving to eat every day, living on less than a buck a day. Like imagine that gap between Mm -hmm. someone that has never had to worry about any meal in their entire life versus someone every day they're fighting just to put, you know, (laughs) something in their belly. And I feel like that, that can like, you know, blind you to your humanness. If like, you've never had to struggle, you've never had to, um, you know, just, you know, make your own meat, you know, make your own means of like living, you know, if everything's already been taken care of for you, like you don't really appreciate it. You know what I mean? Like there's something to that of like, if everything is always done for you, whether like your mom always did your clothes, like, um, you know, she did everything for you. I had some of that in my childhood and like growing up, you realize like, she's not there to do all that stuff anymore. You got to do that stuff yourself. And if you don't learn that until, you know, you're 40 years old, like, good luck, man. Like you're going to be struggling and, you know, women will see that and they'll be like, Oh, you got some mommy issues going on. Like, (laughs) you know, there's, there's so much of that, that all stems from something that happened in childhood, man. And like, you got to work through that stuff. And that's, that's the stigma too, is like, there's such a stigma on mental health and like talking to a therapist. Like I, I've never been to a therapist, but I have, um, through working with ayahuasca and stuff, like they have, um, therapists there to help talk you through your experience. Because when you're shown all these things through a, a transcendent experience, like something on ayahuasca, like, you know, it's hard to like, just go back to your day job the next day after this experience and life just goes on how it used to like, no, this is some very heavy stuff that you need to integrate into your life. So you have people that have had that same experience, obviously different from their own perspective, but uh, someone that you can relate to, to talk about these things. And then you have a coach to like kind of integrate that circle of people that have had these experiences So you're, you're catching these things as they come up in your life. And you're like, Oh, that's why I'm this way because of this child, childlike event that happened. And, you know, just all these things tie together, man. And like, it's so powerful once you start to see it come together of like, Oh, I I think this way, or I uh, feel this way because that's what was ingrained in me when I was growing up. And that's, how my parents' parents taught them when they were growing up. Like it's a ancestral thing, man. And it goes deep. And like, I feel like once you heal that, you heal not only past generations, but the generations to come. And like, that is real work, man. And that's, that's what can change the world. I think what kind of what you're saying there is 
when we we talk about I, I the awakening or we woke up or when we woke that yeah. seems to be like a point in your life then maybe what you're you're kind of getting at there is you spend maybe a portion of your life accumulating scars on your yeah. soul and then you awaken uh, and then you spend the rest of your days trying to shed them heal them yeah and that's yeah. kind of what the awakening is. And when you get into conspiracy land, it's conspiracy world, and the guys, a lot of guys who listen to this are into conspiracy, yeah. um, that's a healing process. You're looking, for me, yeah. it was always like I'm looking in the conspiracy world. I could have gone religions first. I could have gone spiritualism first. I could have gone, and I have gone into these areas. I could have gone mm-hmm. in all sorts of areas, self-development areas. You're trying to heal through conspiracies as well. You're yeah. trying to understand why you're hurt or you're trying to stop the hurt. You're trying to heal yeah. heal through this knowledge gnosis um and but the problem is is you can get worse especially in conspiracy yeah. land um yeah. and and you really can and you can in religions and you can and that's where you have to yeah. just take what you need and be on your way and i just yes. love that you just have to kind of find your bit in it and i think yeah. it's don't get lost even, in it don't get lost in it don't get lost in the details and people i know they study the bible and they they study um they call them scholars. And I'm like, well, what for some, what do you mean scholars? What do you mean he's a scholar? Well, he read a lot then, right. didn't he? He read it a right. lot of times, but right. he still don't understand it any more than I do because he doesn't yeah. understand life any more than I do because none of us know what we're doing here. Right. So he's just read totally. it a lot of times. That's okay. He can do, yeah. I'd love to chat to people about it. And now you're giving him a title and now he thinks the rest of his life, he's a scholar because that's his title. And now I'm mm. a scholar of this. So you think, well, but you're still just as clueless on your deathbed as I am. And that's yeah. okay. I'm not saying you're not a clever person and it's great to look at these things, but you're trying to heal and I'm trying to heal, yes. but there's no competition because no. you're trying to can heal each other without one going, you, you stay hurt and I'll get healed better than you. And it's like, <laughs> just we're mad. We've gone mad. We've yeah. gone absolutely mad. We even totally. mean you having this conversation. We're trying to heal each other. hundred percent, man. That's all and- we do. We, we try and heal each other. Or we try and hurt each other accidentally through healing. Yep. But all we're at, yeah, yeah. We're just trying to heal each other. That's yeah. exactly what and maybe that's to me is what God is. That's what Jesus represented from what yeah. my limited understanding, very limited understanding. He just went around trying to heal people and then they yeah. bung a load of miracles on them that were like, well, I can do that. But actually all he, all it seemed to be doing was going, okay, he's going around healing people. Yeah. And that's what we all try and do when we talk, when we can commune when we have a hug when we talk in the park when we look at our kids every day we're trying to heal ourselves or each other that's what god is because humanity is incredible yeah it it really really is we are an incredible species of uh, and i do believe with god at our call our call we are god there's a divine spark in every one of us but we all just want it to be okay even the people in this world as you say like the bill gates of this world are completely messed up the root core of what they wanted to do was be safe. And they weren't yeah. safe when they should have been kept safe when they yep. were children. Now they're terrified. So what they've done is externalized it. And I want to shape the world into what I want it to be. And clearly that's what they're doing because they want to feel safe. And the only way, because they're so damaged, they will ever feel safe is the world is exactly how they want it to be. Yep. That's the issue. They want to feel safe. So why don't you just go make it feel safe? Go, you're right. Are you okay? How are you doing? Right. Do you want a hug? Yeah. Let me hug you. Because Literally. You see people just cry. Yeah. Like that. Because it's just this, oh, release. That's being human, man, right there. 
It's so, so simple. It's like being are able you to okay? meet people where they're at and love them <laughs> unconditionally, no matter what their beliefs are, no matter how they're treating you in that moment. If you can just respond with kindness rather than react with more anger and pour gasoline on that fire they're coming at you with, like, yeah, man, like that's it right there. Like just being able to love unconditionally and like be a positive example in the world of like, you know, just trying to do your best and inspiring others to do the same. Cause like, man, that's, that's really the goal of my podcast is like, I just want to build a bridge because man, I've been in that straight up fear and grim way of seeing the world of like, there is no hope. Like all hope is lost. Like we're screwed. The new world orders here and here to stay. Like it's never going to change. Like I know what that feels like, man. And like, if that's all you can see, like, God help me, man. Like, please like find someone to talk to about that and realize that not all hope is lost, man. Like a single candle will light up a room full of darkness, man. Like we we get so wrapped up in the darkness. We forget there's a, there's an equal amount of light, if not more, like yeah. we, 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 we forget that. And I feel like, uh, remembering is a great analogy because we're all coming to a remembrance of who we truly really are. Like, that's what our whole life is about is just remembering. Cause like, I feel like we knew it as a kid, but we forgot as we got older, as we were forced into school, like, you know, yelled at by our parents, whatever it may be, all that indoctrination and like getting us to, you know, be confused and uh, forget who we are. Like, we're just a kid trying to play in the sandbox in this game we call life. Like we're just trying to enjoy it. Like laughter is great medicine. Like sometimes in this uh, conspiracy realm, we can take life way too seriously and we can see it. Like there's no hope left, but I got to say, man, like I just want to build a bridge between this new age, only light and love, uh, spiritual community with the conspiracy community that's got a lot of black pill people out there that just all they see is the darkness. And I want to I want to build a bridge between the two and realize you guys can work together. We're all humans here. Like you both need each other. Spirituality and conspiracies like tie into each other. And like I feel like without one or the other, you're kind of missing something. And um, that's what really helped me, man, as far as like, you know, not forgetting who I am and um, realizing there is hope and there is there is positive change that's happening. We just aren't shown it as much because we we feed off a of controversy and like clickbait and mm. all this crap that we just uh, constantly feed into because like that's what people love in uh, un unhealed state of being is like stuff that continues us to, or, uh, gives us excuses to continue living the way we're living without making any positive changes. You know, we can continue eating like crap. We can continue not exercising. We can continue not doing good practices for ourselves in our free time. We can continue letting people walk all over us and not set healthy boundaries with people that we know aren't good for us. Like all these things, like we continue to make excuses for why we can keep living this way. If we continue to distract ourselves by seeing the world as it's never going to change. Like why make any change for myself? If I see no one doing it for themselves, but coming to realize you can make that change, man. 
every day is a new day, a new opportunity to do so. And, you know, that's why the present moment is so powerful is because, you know, it allows you to just take a step back and like not feed into the anxiety for the future and getting depressed and regret in the past, man. Like you have that opportunity just to reflect and think about what can I do right now to like live a better life and be a better impact for those around me. And I feel like that's what it all comes back to, man. Yeah. There's no, no better way of saying it. It's just, it's very, very simple. Then it comes back to my, my kind of state when I was a kid of looking out the window and watching all the kids play. And mm. I was still like that now. A lot of the time I'm like, I just watch it and I just think step back and I look out the window and I just, think this is mad. It's yeah. fucking insane. But it's also it really insane. funny. It's also yeah. sad. <laughs> really funny. But really it's odd. <laughs> it's tragic. And it's like like Charlie Chaplin was beautiful because he had tragedy and comedy so yeah. fine. He could do it with a little look. And yeah. that's what life is. I mean, tragedy and comedy are just intertwined and they don't and and it just depends on why you look at it. And this is yeah. a tragic thing happening, right? that's been happening for thousands of years but never more so now but it's also mm-hmm. really mad and funny because it's so insane and it could stop tomorrow but yeah. as you say we will we can't take any of this with us when we will be dead one day and yep. um i i just think i'm just quite happy just to sit here for the next 40 years and think it's fucking insane and it? it is yeah. it's just mad i'd like yeah. people to leave me alone to be honest yeah. in the garden and just that I could sit in the garden lead and, and go, if you yeah. want to go and piss on and mess all the plots up and pull the trees over, you go ahead. I'm just going to sit right. in the deck chair and have a watch because right. it's just like, I'm not going to get involved. And I think that's a real good point to maybe put across uh, before we end is that the internet makes it so easy just to get involved in something that you're not involved with. And sometimes it's just better. And, and you know, when you have an argument with someone next day and you think, Oh God, I wish I hadn't said that. Sometimes just practicing restraint and going, I'm just not going to get involved. And I think well, what's happening now is you're being gaslit to get involved in everything. And the best thing that you can do right now of all of this stuff is just non-compliance. It's like a kid totally. who sits down in, in the supermarket, and I use this analogy a lot. If he sits down or she sits down and throws his arms around, mum and dad will just go, I don't know what to do here. And that kid's in control. The best thing yeah. you can do sometimes in this situation is I'm not taking the vaccine. I'm not going to yep. have a have a... I'm not, it's not, it's not a vaccine, the gene therapy. I'm not going to have that. I'm not going to do the passports. Right. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to work at a place that makes me feel like that. I'm going to find another way doing it. And I'm going to walk away from these things. They're not easy to do, but totally. I am not going to play along. That's all you can yep. do because every people will play along and they will do that bit because they're in their right. own, their own little reality. But just think I'm not going to do it. That's you don't have to go along with it. Right. The only thing they can do is pin you down and force you to do it, but you still don't have to comply willingly. Your will is yeah. the only thing that they can't get anywhere near your will. And that's, totally. I think, in Shawshank Redemption, he said, when he's sitting against the wall, he'd been in prison for 30 years or 28 years for the murder of his wife, Great and he movie. never murdered anyone. And he sat there and he said, there's something within me. There's a little bit that they can't get to. Mm. And there is a little bit in all of us that they can't get to. And, totally. um, and that's God to me. Yeah. It's this bit, say what you want, do what you want, but you can't get me to do that and I won't do it. And, they know that and they're terrified that people will just fart all over it. And what, what's great about the UK in England where I live is that they can't really make much headway sometimes because 
the, the thing that makes people in the UK really easy, compliable is the same thing that makes them non-compliable because they'll go along things really quickly and they react. Like, oh, yeah, but for two weeks later, they're bored of it and they stop bothering. And it's the same thing. It's the actual yeah. same thing that makes them go, oh, God, yeah, I've got to do that. And in two weeks later, I just can't be asked. So the same <laughs> can't be asked. It's the same thing that's saving them that gets right. them in the problem in the first place. It's really funny. And I keep pointing this out to Gaz. It's like, honestly, we live in a can't be asked country. And it actually oh, might be the thing that saves us because we just think two weeks later, we just think, just can't be bothered. <laughs> can't be bothered. Right. We're sick of it. <laughs> it's really yeah, hard man. to get people to do stuff and they just can't be bothered. It's like, it, it, it's yeah. crazy. I, I feel like, you know, this mass fear that every, like not everyone, but a lot of people are suffering from, man, it, it stems from the fear of the unknown and the fear yep. of death. Yep. And until we can get over that and like surrender to it, like we're all going to die. We all know we have a time when we're going to leave this place. And, you know, you can live in fear of going to hell and live in fear that you might not make it to heaven, like whatever all these fears are surrounding that. But or you can see it as a, a you can see it as a beautiful opportunity if you've ever had this transcendent experience to to realize like there's way more to this than this physical meat body we're suit we're 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 sitting in right now like I know there's more to me than um, you know this person sitting here talking to you like there's something deep underneath that that is transcendent above any um, you know short lifespan we live in this human body and you know i think um that's that's been the kicker man is like so many people don't see beyond this like and it comes back to the fear of surrendering to the unknown and the fear of losing control because if they realize like i can't control to stop expanding my life by this much this much listen man we could we could run outside right now and get hit by a car and die like that could happen. Like there's an infinite amount of ways we can die and we don't know when we're going to die. Like that's, that's part of the gift of life is like living life to the fullest that you know how before that time comes, because when that time comes and you looking back on it, knowing you didn't live the life you wanted, what are you going to think of that position? Like, of course you'd, you'd want to be like, well, I should have laughed a little more. I should have, I should have spent more time with my kids, whatever it may be, but like, why wait for that time? Like do it right now. Like, yeah. you know, we the last thing I want to kind of like, I suppose just before we go, the last kind of point I want to bring, I, I suppose bring up is that the, yeah. the reason why we have a fear of death is because we love life so much. We don't yeah, want to totally. leave here. We don't want to leave here. We might yeah. hate it. Even people that commit suicide, they want to leave the pain because they want to mm. be alive. Yeah. It's painful to be alive, but they still want to be alive. They want to live without pain, but they want to be here. And we want to be alive. We, we yeah. are life. That's what we yes. we are life. And we want to be here. I want to be here. And that's why I find quite sad about the extreme ends of this whole kind of living in the matrix thing. And we're in a fake reality thing. I find that really sad because that makes you, it's almost like a kind of way of going, well, this doesn't matter. It's too painful. Mm to live here yeah. because I, I don't like it here. it's too painful to live here so i have to kind of say that this doesn't matter being here this isn't the real world There's, that's the next place is the real world but yeah. you're still going to be you you always take the weather with you yeah so you might get to the next one and go well this is shit this is a matrix this is the next level up you're mm -hmm. still going to be you you know yep. it, it it doesn't matter you are where you are and i find that quite sad 
And I find that the extreme end of the other end of you're going to hell if you don't do all these things that are in the in the right. the biblical text. That again is another way of hell. Both mm. of them are hell ways of living. Yeah. And you said something earlier, just before we got I wanted to pick up when you did a did um I think it was LSD, I think or ayahuasca, I can't remember what you're talking about, but you said you don't want to do it without your mind straight because you'll take what you have with you and that will become yeah. what you experience. Totally. Well, isn't that hell? Isn't that my your experience of where you'll go next is where if you open up to that with drugs, would that not be where you go next anyway, wherever you decide to go, which the mindset that you go with? Yeah, totally, man. Um, I feel like through my experience with plant medicine, man, like, you know, there's, there's uh, the belief in Christianity, you know, you, you always hear like, oh, he's a born again Christian or she's a born again Christian. Like there is this deep esoteric truth. And I believe this is in all religions. Like it's all pointing to the same thing. And uh, it's like this thought of dying before you die. So you die to your old self or you're controlling, you know, all this stuff you don't like about you, you die to that self. So you can be reborn again in, in the spirit or, you know, in that divine nature that we were born with, but we lost at some point. And then we were jaded and, you know, through trauma and all this crap that we put over the top to forget who we are. And, um, I feel like, um, you know, I have plenty of work left to do. I'm not perfect. I'm not a monk. I'm not, you know, I, I I'll have a beer every now and then, like I have my imperfections. We all do, but I have had an experience of where I died to my old self and realized that like, there is more to this. Like, like it is possible to live a new life. Like you, you aren't always going to be this person. Like if you're doing heroin, for example, and you, you think that's all, that's all life is ever going to be is I'm just going to be a heroin junkie, you know, like that's all you can see. So that's all you're going to see life as. But if tomorrow you wake up and you're, you realize like, you know what, like heroin is not who I am. That's an aspect of who I have been, but that's not who I am. Who I am is beyond that. And that's when you make that conscious choice to, you know, separate yourself from this thing that you thought you were, but you identified as a heroin addict. But once you can remove yourself from that terrible substance, that's ruining your life, you know, it's ruining your life. You know, you got to get help, whatever it may be. And you're, you're born again out of that, you know, like you transcend that in in a sense, it all sounds like very woo woo, but it's very practical as well. Once you dial it down, like you can, um, transcend these old ways of being and you know it might just be for a couple of weeks or it could be for the rest of your life but you have that choice to like change old ways of thinking old old patterns um you're stuck in whatever it may be um where you know you just feel like you've been depressed for a few weeks like you can snap out of that like with the the right tools and lessons and insights and all that stuff like you know um all is not lost, man. Like there's always a way to find yourself again, I feel. And, um, I definitely believe in the potential of plant medicines. You know, I, I, I definitely don't think they're a fix all. And I don't think everyone's going to have the same experience, but like you were saying, like I said, man, I think you got to be conscious of what you're taking in. That's what you're eating, what you're listening to, what you're watching, you know, who you're surrounding yourself with all that stuff plays a role into 
what your daily thoughts are moment to moment. Like Mm -hmm. if you're constantly surrounded by negativity and um, you're watching horror movies all the time, like all this dark shit, man, like you're probably not going to think very positive half the time because like you're just surrounded by that crap that's like weighing you down. But if you plug into some positivity once in a while or, you know, some spiritual outlets, and I'm not saying like um, it's all love and light, like just like don't pay attention to what's going on. Definitely pay attention. Like there's a difference between paying attention and being aware of something. Because like when you pay attention, you're paying it your energy. Your energy is like a currency. So like your energy is very sacred, man. It's, It's not to be taken lightly. It's very precious. And you want to use that wisely. So like, that's why healthy boundaries and all this stuff are so important because it's like trying to wake some, someone up that's sound asleep, man. You don't want to like get in this massive argument. You know, that's going to go nowhere. You know where they stand, you know, like it's probably not going to work out too well. Well, you could save that energy and have that same energy used on someone that will benefit from it. That is just waking up that they need to hear what you have to say right at this moment or later that day. So why not save that energy and use it in a greater way, like a more wise way, I would say. Um, That's kind of the lessons I've learned as far as like navigating how to, you know, use my energy in the right way. And it's a constant learning experience every day to like learn from my past mistakes and not repeat old lessons because the universe has a way of like, showing you, Oh, you, you stupid idiot. Like you still haven't learned. I'm going to give you the same exact scenario, just a little different. That's the same lesson that you previously kept ignoring and kept trying to shy away from and not learn the lesson earlier. You just keep repeating the same mistake. And what's the definition of insanity? Like repeating the same things over and over expecting a different outcome. And like, just like being more conscious in those situations of like, Oh, okay. Well, I went wrong in this scenario in the past. I have a decision to make a different choice this time. And that's how you can break the break the patterns, man. Like just like, you know, making different choices. That's why I think we are you, you repeating the same mistakes isn't over and over again, expecting different results is insanity. And that's why I think humanity is insane because I think we've done this hundreds of yeah. thousands of times before oh, yeah. <laughs> i think we've got the markings on the planet of the buildings on the planet even still the way we've been here before and this has yeah. happened and this has happened and this yeah. has happened and i think it would come back to just um being born again i think you've been you, you I, I love i do like the term being born again but i believe in my kind of understanding it may change which is the mm-hmm. point in this this comment is that you're born again with each new experience you're a different person that. absolutely yeah. different person you can't be every time you experience something new you're a different person. Yeah. So you're born again every minute, every second, every moment. And that's yeah. when you're born again because you're a new person. You're a new person. Like me and you are yeah. new to different people than we started this conversation. And you're totally. born again with each new experience. And, and that's the I think these are the lessons that we're supposed to be understanding from these things. Maybe not, but this is why I take it and it makes me happy. So I'm fine with that. Guys, thank totally. you for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate, chatting to you. The glitch in the code, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this. I'll let you you, you do your bit as well, and. But it's been absolutely great, Andre, to, to chat to you, mate, and get to know you. Most definitely, brother. Um, I, I was really looking forward to this, and you did not disappoint whatsoever, man. This has been a beautiful conversation, and look forward to doing maybe a future episode with you um, whenever 
you know, you want to chat, I'm definitely down. And uh, yeah, if you, you just want to tell my listeners where they can find you, I know you got more than just glitching the code podcast. So tell them what else you got going on. Um, yeah, well, actually, Glitching the Code is on Iconic.com um, at the moment, um, and it's on, I think it's been chucked off Spotify, so, um, mm. and YouTube, so yeah, I'm sure. on, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Glitch the Code, you can find me on Instagram, the only one i got left, and I'm on Facebook as well, but um, Instagram, you can find me on there, and I, I, do you know what, I think I'm under Richard Willett on there with two Ts, and um, Glitching the Code, WhatsApp is a, is a show that I do with Gareth Ike every couple of weeks, where we look at all yeah. the madness that's going on. And that's really funny. And we look, we literally write down the moments that made us go, what the actual fuck? And it's really funny because the world oh, yeah. is mad. So we do that one every couple of weeks. That's free on iconic.com as well. You can find this one on BitChute, glitching the code on BitChute. But they're the two that I do at the moment. All my documentaries are on um, Iconic. So I do most of my work for Iconic at the moment because the censorship is, is getting us left, right, center. And obviously when you work with someone like David, like um, from time to time and that you kind of get like censored anyway, less so you do. But we all yeah. are. And I'm sure it's happened to you, happened to some amazing people out there. Um, but it's yeah. a sign of, it's a rite of passage now. How about yourself? Oh, yeah. And where can people find your podcast? And I would love to do this again, because it's been a great chat. So maybe we can do Definitely. this fairly regularly every month or so. We'll just have a, because yeah. these, these, sure. these spiritual chats, and they're not, is it spiritual? Is that the right word? They're right. positive. You want to call they're it. positive. <laughs> I feel better yeah. for having it. And it's, as you say, you could get bogged down in conspiracy land. And I think that people need something a little bit less heavy at the moment and this has been wonderful yeah. so where can people find your stuff uh you can find me on spotify um apple podcasts um spreaker is what i use to host my podcast but pretty much any platform out there um it's called ascension of the chessmen uh, my trademarks awaken into greatness so that's kind of uh like i said earlier just building a bridge between the conspiracy community truth community and uh the spiritual new age community just kind of you know, becoming allies instead of enemies and, you know, rising above duality and our differences and, you know, coming to find we have more similarities uh, and then we then we have differences and just uh, rising to our true potential of seeing each other as divine, divine reflections of ourselves. That's lovely. Well, cheers, guys. Thank you. And thank you for, for your time, mate. It's been wonderful. It's definitely. Thank you, brother. I'm unapologetically fly, I don't wonder why, that's just my attitude.